Three minutes. This is it. Ground zero. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? It doesn't matter who we are. What matters is our plan. Get nothing! You lose! Good day, sir! And I will strike down upon thee with great vengeance and furious anger those who attempt to poison and destroy my brother. I'm not a smart man, but I know what love is. Only one rule in this jungle. When the lion's hungry, he eats. Hello everybody and welcome to Fleming Film Show. Justin again as we're done to rank down our best picture winners of 2000. Hello Justin, how you been? Hey, hey everyone. Good Rob, how are you today? I'm good. I'm, I'm good. I'm looking forward to the Oscars. So I thought it'd be a good idea to rank down the best picture winners of the 2000s since we did the best picture winners of the 2010s. Yeah, we're less than a month away from the ceremony and I'm excited for it but uh yeah this is gonna be fun even though i do this this is the worst decade in my opinion but um you know we'll still count them down and and talk about them definitely definitely because i think all these films on this list are still worth the one viewing so yes even even the one you most recently watched (laughs) yeah yeah I'll get to that in a bit. I'm going to kick off my number 10 with a film that might be controversial to others, but my number 10 is Slumdog Millionaire. Whoa, that is very controversial. Um, yeah, there's. it's a while before I start talking about that one, but my number 10 is Crash. Oh, oh. Yeah, this, this movie is one of those movies where it's like uh, Shakespeare in Love. It's like, why did it win? How could it have possibly have beat out, you know, the other nominees uh, that were in this in this category for this year? Um, yes, it has a very explosive cast, but the story itself was just kind of blah. And then Brendan Fraser's acting in it is just horrible. And, uh, you know, when he's supposed to go toe-to-toe with somebody like Sandra Bullock, it doesn't really match up well, but... You know, it is what it is, and it was Best Picture winner, so we have to accept it. Yeah, I'm the same. The reason why I put some Dog Millionaire at number 10 is, well, a year with films like In Bruges and The Dark Knight, why does Some Dog Millionaire win? It was kind of a 50-50 film compared to them two masterpieces. You think In Bruges is a masterpiece compared to Slumdog Millionaire? Uh, I think you 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 have a argument with Dark Knight, but not in Bruges. I mean, it's a good movie, but it wasn't even nominated for anything. Yeah, I don't know. I just kind of feel like with some dog millionaire, it's a film you kind of watch once. I mean, it's no disrespect to Deb Patel or Danny Boyle. I love them both, but I just prefer them in a. I prefer Deb Patel in other movies, and I prefer other films Danny Boyle's done. The the girl in that movie, I really like a lot. Oh, but, the girl from Planet of the Apes. Well, yeah, but people would say that she's from 
Slumdog Millionaire first. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get what you mean. Uh, great. What's your number nine? Oh, I can bounce on you with a uh, crash because crash is my number nine. And personally, I like the cast. It's more when you look at films like that, you just kind of like think, why did it win Best Picture? There's all the better, much better films than that year. Yeah, so many better. And I'll just, let's see what was. Brokeback Mountain, Capote, Good Night and Good Luck, and Munich were the other movies that were nominated. And Crash was the one that won. I mean, Munich is so great. Um, and Good Night and Good Luck was so different. You know, that's that's the uh, George Clooney black and white movie. But then they went with this, like, Crash, where all these, you know, stories intertwine. And, eh, it was fine. I think uh, out of, of, of all the nominees you read out of any said Munich, and I think Munich was better than Crash. Definitely. And Capote, yeah. I can see it winning over Capote because overall, you know, Capote is just the acting, which is what really sold that movie. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm, I'm glad we both have it closer to the bottoms of our list because it's definitely deserved. Um, and I shall say my number nine, which is highly controversial. And it's No Country for Old Men. I uh, see that's perfect because I have that number eight so we can have a good chat about No Country for Old Men. Yeah. I just prefer the comments when they do comedy. Yeah, the Coen brothers are really good. This one, so other nominated movies, There Will Be Blood, Michael Clayton, Juno, and Atonement. Now, that's that's a tough run because I think the only other one that actually has a chance would have been There Will Be Blood, you know, as far as beating No Country for Old Men. Similar movies in style, meaning um, there's it's a lot about landscape. It's a lot about just the characters and uh it's really slow both movies are really really slow and besides the performance from javier bardem in no country for old men this movie just doesn't sing to me in any way you know i, I the characters are fun are fine um but javier bardem being so menacing and he won best supporting actor that year is the reason why that movie was elevated to the way that it was it wasn't the directing it wasn't the writing it was just Javier Bardem, and it really was so powerful about that movie, a Best Picture winner. I do like how it's shot because of how like clear the desert looks and stuff, and I do kind of like the setting of the 80s. It does kind of like feel like a modern Western, and I like Tommy Lee Jones as a cop. I thought he was brilliant in that. Yeah, yeah. I think he's always solid, you know, and unless you put him in... Uh the man of the house movie where he's you know the house uh leader for cheerleaders because that didn't work out but i think yeah tommy lee jones is a really really solid actor and he's proven time and time again how much he can um elevate a movie but yeah coen brothers you know stick to comedy stick to you know the the rivers and lakes that you're used to because we this one was fell short but you know they are they are uh, Academy Award winning directors, so I guess we can't really fault them. They just won for the wrong movie. They should have won for Fargo in nineteen ninety six. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, my number eight is A Beautiful Mind. 
Okay. Uh, my my number eight is No Country. Uh, I'm going to go back to Beautiful Mind in a bit. Uh, my number seven is The Hurt Locker. Oh, that is also my number seven. Oh, we have a snap. We have a lineup. Lovely. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just briefly before I'll just say the reason why Beautiful Mind is low for me. Um, I th- think that it's kind of boring. I do enjoy the performances in that movie, but it also beat out Moulin Rouge, which is one of my all-time favorite movies ever. So I'm a little bit bitter. But we'll talk it's more right, about I'm that. Just, I'm saying with Beautiful Mind over Lord of the Rings, but yeah. we'll get to Lord of the Rings in a bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, number seven, The Hurt Locker. It's a fine film. Not bad. You know, and, and Catherine Bigelow did a really great job of bringing this kind of new position of war we haven't seen before which is like the bomb area and really brought it to life and really gave us suspense and thrills and you know she deserved um her best directing and this deserved uh let's see what was nominated this year uh hurt locker we have avatar the blind side District, oh, this is a big one. Avatar, The Blind Side, District 9, and Education, and Glorious Bastards, Precious, A Serious Man, Up and Up in the Air. So okay. it had a, of all it, them films, just I'm going to pick Up as my favorite film from, from that category. <laughs> Even over uh, Inglorious Bastards, that would be everybody else's favorite. Uh, that's my second. Yeah, I'm going to go with Up and then... Uh, Probably Inglorious Bastards, but District Nine I also liked a lot that year. He doesn't love District Nine. Yeah, it was a really fun new movie. But um, yeah, what did you like about or dislike about Hurt, Hurt Locker? I like the start with Anthony Mackie and like the bomb exploding and how guy pierce i'm not keen on guy pierce so seeing him get like blown up kind of felt good but i like jeremy renner's performance in that a lot kind of like shows that he is a good uh leading actor yeah it really did showcase his talents and especially because we don't get to see that much from him you know so there no, no, we don't he's kind of pushed aside and that's what i don't like about his career yeah but um yeah, Catherine Bigelow, she deserves her Oscars for both, you know, creating this movie and directing it. Um, really good job. Do you like Point Break? Oh, yeah. Uh, hell yeah. Point Break is one of the best movies. Uh, Keanu Reeves, so damn good. And then, of course, you got the, the Utah. Give me two. When they're talking about getting the burritos. Yeah. So good. Or the sandwiches. Okay, what's your number six? A beautiful mind. <laughs> well, let's keep up with the Russell Crowe theme because mine's Gladiator. Yeah. Right. I don't like Russell Crowe, okay? I don't think he's a good actor. I never have, and I don't ever, I don't think I ever will. And Gladiator was so hyped. For me that when it finally when i finally came around to watching it which was years later it was it was just like no nah, it's okay it was fine it's middle of the road which is why it's you know right here in the middle it's it's a good it's a good uh, a winning movie well you entertain 
entertained. What? You I was, entertained? I was not entertained. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the same year as Chocolate or Chocolat, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Aaron Brockovich, and Traffic. So I actually haven't seen Traffic, but um, I liked Aaron Brockovich. <laughs> Julia, though, so you're biased on Julia. I love Julia. Second place for me would, would go to uh, Crouching Tiger for me because I like how it's how it's like made and stuff. Plus, I, plus I like Michelle Michelle so and she's a fine actress. Well, that movie revolutionized the way things have been filmed all, from from here on out. Like we we now have you know people on uh, wires jumping onto things that are you know that would normally break you know, like a, a branch or something. And it was just beautifully well done and so uh, visually appealing. But I can see why Gladiator is a winner. It's definitely got the the blueprint for it. And uh, I mean, it just it just knew what it was doing. It, and it set out to do what it was meant to be, which is uh, win, win Best Picture. Yeah. So I'll go back to Gladiator in a bit to... It's a bit further down on my list. But A Beautiful Mind, the direction yeah. of the seat is brilliant. But I just kind of feel like, apart from Ron Howard's direction, Russell Crowe and Jennifer Connelly, I just kind of, and obviously the twist of Ms. Scripsavenia, uh, I just kind of feel like I agree with you on it's not as good as the rest of the films on this list. Yeah, it, it's it's really one note. Um, and But... Uh, you know, again, they he had him, you know, with the numbers and stuff like in his head, like we can see what he was thinking. That was innovative and new. And I really do like Ron Howard. And I think he's a good director. And I think he gets really good performances out of his actors. For example, Hillbilly Elegy, Glenn Close being nominated for Best Supporting Actress this year. Um, but uh, yeah, Beautiful Mind is fine. It's just fine. But it you beat out Moulin Rouge, damn it. And I shall not accept Fair enough. Uh, what's your number five? Because I, th- I think you'll like my number five because I know you love musicals. So my number five is Chicago. Well, you since you do know I love musicals, then that has to be higher on my list. And it is so. F- my number five is Million Dollar Baby. Right, Million Dollar Mid- Baby. That's higher on my, my list. Yeah, it seems like we still have some that we haven't said yet. So I think a lot of these may, you know, come uh, come together. Um, so Million Dollar Baby is a fine film. Again, it's really slow. Like this is the reason why I dislike this year is because a lot of these movies are so slow. So this year was Million Dollar Baby, The Aviator, Finding Neverland, Ray, and Sideways. All of those movies are slow burns. You know, Ray is they, really slow. I do like The Aviator, but I think Martin Scorsese has made a lot better. In fact, we'll go on to Scorsese a little bit later. Yeah, he has. And, uh, yeah, The Aviator was, again, it's just some. sometimes movies are just performance-driven, and that one... A lot like really... Leo and Kate were in, yep. in The Aviator. Does that sort of feel like the Million Dollar Baby is all about Hilary Swank and Clint Eastwood's directing nothing else? Yes, exactly. The movie itself is fine. 
but the acting is so damn good and the directing is so damn good that it really elevates this movie. Plus, the ending, none of us saw coming, right? So we just we just kind of did what you just did right there. It's like a big gulp, like, whoa, did not see that coming. And it's memorable, and, you know, that's the reason why I believe it won. Uh, I've only seen $10 million baby twice because of how sad it is. And every time I watch that vital scene, which I don't want to spoil for everybody here, that one vital scene makes the movie something else, and it, that's why I like it so much. Yeah, yeah, it really the way that the Clint made us feel going into the movie, and then how we felt after the movie is pretty spectacular. So this movie is definitely deserved of that. And you know, it's about a woman boxer. We don't really get movies like that, so. I think really, really well done and deserved, uh, you know, being there at number five. Yeah. So my number five is Chicago, which took me a while to watch because I never really liked musicals until like two or three years ago. In fact, actually, uh, dating actually kind of like got me into musicals. So my partner likes musical films and she showed me The Greatest Showman. But Chicago was one I want to see purely because it won Best Picture. And Renee Zellweger and Catherine Zeta-Jones put in some really good performances. And I, I really love the musical numbers. But my main highlight is, is how Tay Diggs introduces each musical number. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. Um, let's not forget about Queen Latifah in this movie because she no, is pretty no, she spectacular. Was yeah. She was fantastic. And the only one out of the crew there that has actual singing abilities is it and is known for singing. But the other people in that movie really rose to the occasion and were really able to go toe to toe with her and her powerful voice. Definitely. And also John C. Riley has a really good supporting role in film as well. Yeah. Like you can like this is an argument I have with a couple of my friends. Some people don't see John C. Riley as a dramatic actor purely because of Step Brothers. And I'm like, have you seen Chicago? Have you seen when you talk about Kevin? He's fantastic. He's so damn good. I really love uh, John C. Riley. Yeah, as a dramatic actor too, because you kind of still hear his comedic, you know, uh, talents in in his voice and stuff, and so it's still there. But you can you see the delivery comes out more and uh, yeah, his, the seriousness is definitely uh, more surprising than when he's, um, when he's doing comedic stuff, but I'll talk about Chicago more in a little bit. Uh, what's your number four? I'm intrigued. Slumdog millionaire. Ah, so what, what did you like about Slumdog more than me? Well, I love, the girl, I think she's so good. I wish I could remember her name. I know it starts with a P, um, but she's so good in that and so charming and so likable. But also, this was during the height of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? The TV show with Regis Philbin. And that I, show... I know the, it's also a big game show in Britain. Uh, do you know who Jeremy Clarkson is? No. Uh, he... He used to present the UK version of Top Gear. Well, now he presents uh, He Wants to Be a Millionaire. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's still going on. I think Jimmy Kimmel's now the host. But um, this was just at the height. And I watched that show, like, 
my dad was trying to get on that show. Um, you know, it was just, it was a cultural phenomenon. And then to make a movie about it and have it be told in story form where his answers are what he lived in life. And that was just so powerful and so moving. And because of it, you know, it helped him fall in love, but it also helped him realize what money would do for him or help him or not, you know? Because he grew up in the slums of India and the questions he knew from life and they helped him out and stuff. Yeah, it helped him to become this slumdog millionaire, but also for him to realize, you know, is money worth it? Is it necessary? You know, was being a slumdog actually what is living? Um, plus there's controversy behind the whole game itself, which we won't spoil, but I just thought it was smart. It's a very smart movie. It's a, it's well written. It's well written that the fact everybody thinks he's cheating, but at the same time, no, he actually knows the answers. Yeah. And that was up against the curious case of Benjamin Button, Frost Nixon, Milk and the Reader. So I think we definitely had know why that one won. <laughs> Out of the... why, why isn't Dark Knight nominated? You know, a groundbreaking film that everybody loves. That that could that the reason why Christopher Nolan is hailed as this brilliant filmmaker. Yeah, it's super interesting because, like, finally they they knew what they were doing when Black Panther was nominated. Because it was the biggest blockbuster of the year. So was The Dark Knight. Like that should have an impact on what gets nominated also you know uh, because those are important movies and very and, and we all want to see them so wouldn't you want people to see if that's going to win an oscar as well people yeah. will tune in to watch the show aren't you glad heath ledger won best supporting actor yeah i am it's you know i'm not a fan of, of people taking their own lives and you know drug overdoses and stuff because it's like a cop-out. It's like a way of ending the life. But, uh, you know, not on God's terms. Um, but it's... Uh, he deserved it. He definitely deserved it. So Definitely. That, that's all that matters. Definitely. Your... Yeah, but it's it's funny because what, going back to Sundog, there was actually a cheating scandal a couple of years ago in England. And they recently made a TV drama with Michael Sheen playing the original host and the whole uh, drama is about um, the cheating scandal that happened oh wow that's kind of fun actually i'd like to see that yeah yeah well, so what anyway was, what was your number four the departed the departed is your number four well then that means i know what your number one is um wow why <laughs> Leo, Matt Damon, Jack Nicholson, Mark Wahlberg. Is there anybody else you want in this movie? And the fact that Martin Scorsese directs it, and the fact that how well directed this film is, is just perfect. In fact, I have a discussion on Departed with Nathan from Film Code Movies, and you should check it out if you want to see me talk more about The Departed. Oh, I I will definitely do that. And I will talk more about The Departed a little later. 
Um, do you have anything else you want to say about Departed? Because uh, all those reasons that you said should make it even higher on your list. So that's why I'm a little shocked that it's at number four. Ah, uh, because my my top three, I kind of try to like blend in with my like. You know, I do the top ten movie list of each year. I tried to fit in with these, uh, yeah. and my number three became Million Dollar Baby. Awesome. My number three is Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King. Okay. Okay, I'm kind of glad you're on the same vibe as me for the top three. Yeah. Um, Well, Million Dollar Baby, do you have anything more to say about that one? How come you like it so much? I watched it when I was about 15, 16, and it just blew me away. And when I rewatched it, I rewatched Unforgiven and Million Dollar Baby. It was my first uh, film off I was writing. And I was trying to decide which one was Clint Eastwood's better film out of the two of them because they both won Best Picture. And Morgan Freeman and Clint Eastwood were both in the films as well as Clint directing it. And, and because I watched Million Dollar Baby second, I just remembered why I fell in love with it the first time. Yeah, and then also from what you said earlier, the ending really makes it yeah jaw dropping and and something that and also i don't like her family in that film like her family fully take advantage of her and i just think fuck you guys yes <laughs> i don't normally like swearing but i had to say no, it. I, I think that was the first time i've heard that <laughs> it's warranted <laughs> yeah um yeah lord of the rings the return of the king uh this movie is epic, right? This is a seven samurai. You know, this is uh, this is um, Apocalypse Now. This is a movie that is bigger than anybody in it. So how we've talked about movies throughout this list where they're performance-based, this movie is epic on its own scale. This is... Like a three hour plus movie with two hours of it being a battle, just a war scene. And over here at Worth of You Movies, that's what I love. And um, the acting in this is actually really good. Viggo Mortensen is great. Plus, this is the third one. So we got to, we were, you know, on this journey through all these years with, with, these, with these hobbits and, and these characters. And we really grew to love them. So once, once we got to see the final part of it and it all culminated it was like damn this movie is spectacular and uh definitely deserves the win let's see what it was up against did the only thing i don't like about return of the king is the frodo sam i like sam but i kind of like feel like their 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 arcs are a bit too stretched out yeah yeah they're the ones that they're they're supposed to be the 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 straight men, you know, the ones that we're supposed to follow in this in this trilogy, but they are so sub plotted, like they're the worst plot of the movie uh, in all the movies, you know. So they were definitely weren't the the highlights. Uh, but it was not other nominated movies: Lost in Translation, Master and Commander, The Far Side of the World, Mystic River, and Sea Biscuit. So three years in a row, no, Russell Crowe. Same two of them films, and that's Lost in Translation. And Master and Commander. Yeah, those were a part of it. 
Yeah, Van East. Yeah, I like. I like. I prefer Lost in Translation and Lord of the Rings compared yeah. to Master Commander. Like, I oh, know. I just feel like after Beautiful Mind, kind of Russell Crowe kind of like slipped a little bit. Yeah, I know you're not a fan of him as we just discussed. So I'm assuming well, that Gladiator and and Beautiful Mind are way better than Master and Commander, no doubt. Oh, 100 percent, Um, all right. Well, my did you say no, your number three? Uh, yeah, no, Million no. Dollar Baby. Okay, my number two is Chicago. I had a feeling that would be your number two. Uh, my number two is Gladiator. <laughs> um, yeah, so what? I can't say much else about Chicago. I love musicals. I love the performance in this movie. Uh, my girlfriend and I went to London and we saw Chicago live. Um, uh, that you must know, have been What's that? That must have been amazing to see it live. Yeah, it really was. And Cuba Gooding Jr. played the lawyer part, um, so that oh. was amazing. Which Richard, Richard Gere, Gere plays Gary. in the film. Yep. Ah, oh, nice. Uh, but uh, yeah, the movie's just great. It's fun. I love the songs. I love the way that they, you know, put it and adapted it to a film. And uh, Queen Latifah's performance, just as as Mama, is just spectacular. One of the best supporting actress performances there are. Yeah, are you are you were you a little bit annoyed that Catherine Zeta Jones won instead of Queen Latifah because they were both nominated for that category, but Catherine won. Yep, very 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 dumb. I cannot believe it. Uh, also, this year that was nominated was Gangs in New York, The Hours, The Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers, and The Pianist. I gotta say, Gangs in New York is pretty damn good. So. For Chicago to beat out Gangs in New York, I think was a shocker, but uh, I'm really, really happy about it. And uh, yeah, I remember seeing Chicago. I, you know, I was in the movie. I was working at the movie theaters when that movie came out, and just, and just had a blast. Nice. So as I watched the pianist and Gangs in New York, and couldn't decide on which one was the better two. But when I, of course, when I saw Chicago, I was just like, yeah, I can see why this one best picture. But I'm really surprised that the pianist won Best Director because I know Roman Polanski isn't the nicest of people and I'm surprised the Academy gave him Best Director. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was surprising. Um, but it's a good film. You know, it's one of those slow burns. It's really long and, you know, kind of character-driven. But you Yeah, because I, I still like Adrian Brody. I think he is a really, really good actor. Yeah, he won. He won that year. Um, yeah. So your number two is Gladiator. Tell me all about it. I watched Gladiator at high school, and they only showed us the Gladiator bits because the uh, because obviously lessons only like an hour or two hours long, and I just loved it. I just loved the idea of seeing, and I watched, and I brought the DVD of it because I loved it that much. And I watched it again. Didn't watch it for years, and I've seen it like twice in the last two years. And every time I watch it, I just think this is well directed, well acted. Like the music by Hans Zimmer is perfect, and the just the whole like setting of of the film, it's just beautiful. 
Yeah, um, the production. I also is... found out uh, uh, one of the actors died halfway through production, so they had to uh, green screen him in the rest of the film. Really? Yeah, hit Oliver Reed's the actor's name is. He was also Bill Sykes in the Oliver musical. Oh, okay. Wow, 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 wow! I didn't know that. That's a good tidbit. Yeah. So, do you want to say my number one, and I'll say your number one? Is yours the departed, and, and yours is the return of the king. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you said you're like, what? It's Leo. It's Wahlberg. It's Matt Damon. You know, directed by Martin Scorsese. I mean, what else could you possibly want? I mean, you're right. What else could you possibly want? Nothing. So that's why it's number one. That's why it's up here. I mean, the acting is so great. I love even Vera Farmiga's in it, and she's so, so damn good. This is actually what turned me around to liking Leo more was this movie, because I actually wasn't a big fan of Leo up until this movie, because I thought he was overhyped, you know? Like, he, he came out with the movie I, every other... I, I thought the exact same thing, because I always just saw him as Romeo and Juliet Titanic. I watched Romeo and Juliet first, I watched Titanic a little bit down the line, so I didn't want to watch Titanic just in case I went, I went off completely Leo. But when I watched The Departed, he just slowly, until Christian Bale became my favourite actor, Leo was my favourite actor for a long period of time. Yeah, um, I mean, he's a he's a favorite of every you know of a lot of people's, and for a good reason. He's uh, he's a he is a good actor. But yeah, it was this movie that turned me around. Plus, this year we had The Departed was nominated, Babel, Letters from Iwo Jima, Little Miss Sunshine, and The Queen. And I think Little Miss Sunshine was the only one that actually had a chance against this movie. Um, but yeah, The Departed, Martin Scorsese. Leo and Mark Wahlberg, even though he's only in it for five or six minutes, actually it was pretty damn good. And there's always the denouement, you know, the last seconds of the movie, which really it's like million dollar baby where you're like, Oh my god, what? <laughs> I swear and, to god, the first time I watched the part I was spaced out. Just like, wait, wait, what the hell's going on? Yeah, I know. Yeah, that, that's one that you need to revisit. Just anybody goes to revisit just because you'll learn more. Uh, the the second, the third viewing, the fourth viewing, you know, over the than the first. But I mean, also Anthony Anderson in this movie. Is, that, is this your favorite Martin Scorsese film? Um, yeah, that or Gangs of New York. I really liked Gangs of New York. Yeah. Mine's Goodfellas. Yeah, I'm. I'm I can go my entire life never seeing that movie again and be fine it was like meh i know it's everyone else's favorite too but you like you um, like to be the minority minority i, I do yeah I, I like disliking movies that people love and loving movies that people dislike <laughs> yeah yeah so my um, number one yeah um, is the greatest movies of all time lord of the rings return of the king yeah Tell me more. Well, it all started a day in England where there was a terrible snowstorm. And I was in, I wasn't there, because the snow was that bad, I didn't go to the pub, I didn't see any of my friends. So I decided, 
You know what? I'm going to sit down and watch all three Lord of the Rings films. I got to the third one and thought, this is one of the best films I've ever seen in my life, and I've loved it since. It just, like, with Lord of the Rings, like, they kind of, like, take, they kind of, like, up their game each. It's not like a trilogy that's really bad after the third movie, if you get what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I feel if if the third one can be the best one in the trilogy, then that's saying something, you know, because normally it's never that way. Um, no, no. Uh, know, even, could... even though I love Return of the Jedi, I still don't think it's the best Star Wars film. I just think it's a good film. Same with The Dark Knight Rises. I think it's a good movie, but it's not the best film in Chris Nolan trilogy. No, I think that one had the Terminator 2 effect where the second one was the best one. How do you feel about Toy Story trilogy, the first three? Do you think the third Uh, one was better than the first? No, I prefer the first one, but I prefer the third one over two and four. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, Yeah, it's it's interesting when a trilogy, the third one, like I said, can can elevate the entire series. And this is one of those instances where Return of the King... There's only one... There's only one film come to think about it that has the same effect as the as Lord of the Rings to End the King and that's the Bourne Ultimatum oh interesting yeah that's my favorite trilogy ever so I uh, I can see that as yeah because I don't think one was necessarily better than the other as they were all equally super super good you know like, I love Born Identity just as much as Supremacy, just as much as Ultimatum. Yeah, yeah. But it just kind of feels like with Lord of the Rings and the Born series, they just get better and better each as you get further into the story. Yeah, so, so good, yeah. Oh, man, I could talk about Born all day. But, uh... I talk about Lord of the Rings all day, so it's fine. <laughs> Um, okay, let's let's recap. Let's run them back down. Our list of the years, 2000s, the aughts, as they call them. Uh, here we go. Coming in at number 10 for me is Crash. Number 10 for me is Slumdog Millionaire. Number, which is probably the biggest gap that we have. Yeah. Uh, number 9 for me is No Country for Old Men. Uh, number 9 for me is Crash. But number eight is No Country for Old Men. And number eight for me is A Beautiful Mind. Nice. Uh, number seven for me is The Hurt Locker. Which is the same for me. We lo- we locked in on one, and it was The Hurt Locker. Uh, number six is Gladiator. Number six for me is A Beautiful Mind. So Russell Crowe kind of hits the number six point for us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, number five, Million Dollar Baby, baby. For me, Chicago. Sing it. All that jazz. <laughs> no, when you say Chicago, you have to say Chicago. <laughs> uh, my number four is Slumdog Millionaire. My number four, The Departed. Number three is the third in the series, Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King. Number three, Million Dollar Baby. My number two, Chicago. 
My number two, Gladiator. And my number one, The Departed. My number one, Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. And what a number one that is. Um, yeah, I had that in my top three, so it's definitely uh, a classic. And so was this list. Too bad it's a year of boring films, but, um, you know, we still got some good gems along the way. Yeah, I mean, all these films aren't necessarily terrible movies. They're just not really films you would walk up to somebody and have a conversation about. You'd want to talk to... Talk, I mean, Lord of the Rings, Gladiator and Departed are all like popular, but the rest of the films on here are just kind of like more... They just happen to win. Yeah. Yep, I completely agree. And yeah, I would say Departed, Lord of the Rings, and Gladiator would be the movies people talk about. Um, but other, you know, they talk about Crash Ruby being so crappy, No Country for Old Men for Javier Bardem, um, Hurt Locker for, you know, Best Female Directing winning the movie. So, um, it's about a beautiful mind anymore. No. What, what what's movie is that? I don't even know anymore. <laughs> yeah, at, least, at least a million dollar baby. It's, I feel like because it's sad, you don't really want to watch it every day, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Plus it has powerful moments in it where it's unforgettable and people will always remember those parts of that movie. And um, Chicago is just a bit of fun, isn't it, really? So much fun. It also has some sadness to it. To make um, a female prison movie fun. Yeah, they did it well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what's your favorite musical number in Chicago? I want to ask before we end things. Uh, it's got to be the Cell Block Tango, right? That's or, a good one. Or Mama's Song. Yeah, Mama's Song, the one that, um, yeah, Mama's Good For You. Yeah, she's, with the Queen Latifah song. <laughs> it's Mama's Song. I like Richard Gere's uh, song about all, the, all you need is love. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's not the same. Uh, Richard Gere, I think, did a better job than Cuba did in live on stage. But you know, Gere's a different actor. Yeah, yeah. Oh, good to Mama. Yeah, um, cool. Well, this was so much fun. Thanks, Rob. It's okay. It's okay, Justin. Thank you for coming on again uh, next week or next time I see you. We'll talk about the razzes. Yeah, next week sounds good, if you want to. Brilliant. Brilliant. Uh, thank you, guys, for listening. Thank you, Ben, Sean, and the Commentary Filmmakers for supporting the Patreon. And yes. we'll see you again next time. That's right. We'll see you next time, you guys. Have right. a good week. All right. See you, Justin. Later, Rob. Later.